0: Hello everyone, I hope you are having a nice day. It's me, Richard Terry, and you're about to listen to my Leicester Square Theatre podcast, which is free! Hooray for free stuff! But it does cost us money to do it. If you feel that you could contribute in any way to us, that would be lovely. You can go to com slash badges and buy a badge for a pound or more, or a pound a month if you wanted to really help us out, or more. Uh, or you can go to GoFastStripe and buy a DVD of mine, or you can go and see me on tour. If you go to richardherring.com slash gigs, you can find out if I'm coming to your town on my Lord of the Dance City tour. Uh, and all the money you give for those badges, by the way, will go to fund future internet content. So if you like the stuff we're doing, if you think it's worth a pound a month, or even just one pound, then please go and donate at gofaststripe.com slash badges, or just tell your friends about these podcasts. Anyway, without further ado, let us listen to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who currently has chafed nipples. It's Richard Herring! (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, did a little dance there. I'm feeling a bit better than I was uh, the last two weeks. I'm still a little bit ill, but uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Or of the summer's the cooler people have started calling it just recently, just in the last couple of weeks, they've started calling it RoHellestapa. That's right. It comes from the Leicester Square Theatre. That's why it's called that, if you ever wondered. And uh, the loss, also I have got uh, slightly chafed nipples at the moment. Do You know what that's like. I forgot to put lube on my nipples. You know what that's like, sir, don't you? If you've been there, it's because I'm doing a lot of running. I'm running uh, the uh, the Royal Parks Half Marathon at uh, the weekend as we're recording this, as you see this or listen to it, like it will already have happened. I'm hoping I die uh, on the run because th- you get loads of sponsorship, don't you, if that happens. So that is. I, if I am dead now from running, then, you know, please donate some money to Scope. Uh, but uh, everyone's got a bit. That's made everyone a bit sad. I thought people would be happy at the idea of me. I, I'm glad that I am dead. If I am dead. And, uh, and as long as other people uh, benefit from my demise, that is all. That, and that uh, I'm on telly and I'm famous. That is all that... It doesn't matter if I'm dead. It doesn't matter. So I went out running. I did like an 11-mile run uh, the other day, really fast. It was me too. I run now as... I don't know if you listen to my snooker podcast, Me 1 versus Me 2 Snooker. Do you listen to that, madam? No, I'm surprised. Surpri- I, I, thought, I thought this lady would be a prime uh, l- listener of that but she apparently does not like snooker podcasts uh but i've, I've taken me one and me two out of the uh, snooker arena and away from the the snooker board uh, and they now go running against each other and me too was running and he ran much better. he's gonna actually be running the actual half marathon i've been playing them off against each other you look at me like i'm insane uh and uh, but the, me too forgot you got to put like uh, vaseline on your bits When you run a long way, if you run ten miles, yeah. When you're looking at me like there's something perverted. When you go on a long race, there are men and women standing at the side of the race, just with hands full of vaseline, just like that, holding them. You go, this is not the time, mate. You know, you are. I would love for you to have anal sex with me. I'd love to be the letterbox to your postman, but. This is not the time. I'm in the middle of a race. So uh, I got, I got, but anyway, I, I quite liked uh, getting sensitive nipples. They kind of hurt because my nipples aren't very sensitive generally because I'm a man and I, some, and I think some men do have sensitive nipples. I don't know. But ladies obviously have quite sensitive nipples as I understand it. And it gives me a little, I mean, they're painful, but kind of gives me a little entry into that word. It doesn't seem fair to me that my nipples aren't that sensitive unless a shirt rubs against them for 10 miles. I think that's un- an unfair thing, but it's nice. To, it's nice to have some sensitivity in my nipples, madam. That is what I'm saying. Don't look embarrassed. It's a perfectly natural. We've all got nipples. Why have men got nipples? Eh? What's that about? What's going on? What's that about? Why do we It's because we're all built to the same template, and so the the males need them as well as the females. If you buy. Uh... If you buy a talking Cop from uh, me on tour, you can find out all about that. It's in there. That's why men have nipples because of that. Anyway, that's gone well. The nipples material that will work uh, today at uh, the Lib Dem uh, conference. Uh, Nick Clegg uh, said, uh, "Moon on the stick." Trying to, he's showing that he's uh, he's showing he's in with the kids. He likes he likes the 1990s TV show Fist of Fun. Now available on DVD. <laughs> Once the moon it was a phrase. It wasn't actually a phrase we originated. It was a thing that both mine, stews grands used to say. That's why we. Uh, so it's a it's a phrase that preexisted. I don't know. But if in the next couple of days Nick Clegg says David Cameron in his suit and tie, or egg wiener curry, like a curry egg, she said she likes eggs, uh, then you'll know that he's trying to get in with the young voters. <laughs> He's not even chosen Little Britain or the Fast Show, which would have been if he was going to go retro, would have been better. Uh, what else has been happening? I was in Belfast yesterday, which I, it was a very I did an enjoyable gig. I'm doing uh, my tour, Lord of the Dance has begun. Uh, do come and see me if you get a chance. Uh, and um, it's nice to go to Belfast. I'm always trying to unite the Protestants and Catholics. <laughs> Uh, get them together in mutual hatred of myself. So I always, I always take the piss out of both sides in the hope that they will be so furious that they will forget their differences. But it's difficult because I was born uh, on July the 12th, which is quite an important day uh, in the Protestant <laughs> calendar in uh, Northern Ireland and the world. Uh, and also when I was a kid, my favourite colour was orange. So that is, I mean, that's, that's a bad start for the Catholics, but I don't like bowler hats or drums or, um, or people throwing rocks at me over a massive fence. I don't like those things. So, you know, I, I think on balance, I was, uh if you were from Northern Ireland, you'd have liked that. They enjoyed that last night in Northern Ireland, uh, and uh, I'm a bit scared about the tour because there are currently uh, 110 comedians on tour in the UK this autumn, uh, which is more than usual. There's usually about 20 or 30, and I can I can weave through and make a sort of vague living when it's 30 comedians. But when it's 110 comedians, I'm a bit scared that I'm fucked. So I need. And if you look out into the audience tonight, you'll get an idea of why I'm terrified. <laughs> And <laughs> my career may be over, so buy a buy a badge, <laughs> just buy a patch i don 't even get the money uh, so yeah look that's that's pretty much all I was going to uh, talk about before we get on our, our guest this evening. He is probably best known as the voice of Tud in one star, which i 'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing was a show about the best review he ever got. Uh, he's also, <laughs> <laughs> he's also, of course, best known for being in Spicks and Specks, which sounds a lot more offensive than it actually is. <laughs> Will you please welcome Brendan Burns, ladies and gentlemen? Here he is, it's Brendan. Burn. Brendan Burns, pull up, a, have a microphone, pick up that microphone, and you'll need that uh, those are
1: actually credits that I'd forgotten
0: (laughs) (laughs) what was uh, one star
1: one Star was an animated series... Hold that near your face. You don't know anything
0: about being a comedian.
1: Uh, no, no, I'm very loud, though. Okay,
0: you are. You judge it. You judge I normally have to
1: keep it quite a bit away. What a lovely crowd you have as They're well. I've honest. done shows here where there's only 100 people in, and they give me fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they sit there with folded arms and go, let's watch you sweat burns, you cunt. Not you. You're like, go on, Rich, we're no, behind right. you. Yay! <laughs> let's pretend there's heaps of us. <laughs> See? Look at that! Very you very even nice. let the ride laugh! My Milo wouldn't do that! <laughs> Milo would go, ha <clears> ha! <throat> what was one star? What was it? What was... Uh, that was an animated series yeah. put together by Stu, whose son was working on it. Oh, okay. And what's his name? Greg? That's in Fresh Meat? Uh, Greg? Greg? McHugh? McHugh, yes. Okay. He was, uh He was the lead in it. Okay. And myself and Phil Nickel. Were uh, opposing heads of the same uh, alien. Okay. So uh, and he was like this camp thing, and and I was this loud Aussie ocker homophobe. <laughs> how, did get, how did you get the gay that part? half of me?
0: How did you get that role? That seems a, I, that seems a stretch.
1: It's just the fucking accent. You <laughs> people are too comfortable with it. I, uh, I I'm really sorry, but I, I I've got a burp and a cough yeah. waiting. Okay,
0: we well can go for it.
1: That like I we can, chugged we, a monster we and smoked edit. an electric cigarette just before I came out. Yeah, and I think there's like a bit of. Does anyone smoke electric cigarettes? No, they're, they're, I think they're oil vapor. So I've got like oil vapor and a burp. So I'd, somewhere I'm going to burp a smoke. Okay,
0: that sounds. More dangerous than cigarettes though, if you're, if you're smoking, you can't replace cigarettes with like, oh, I'll, I'll smoke some oil instead. Well,
1: that it's a big trade-off, because yeah. I look like a meth addict, because it gives me zits, and you have to, the first one, you have to ask for the propyl oil or something like that, Right. the propylil, uh, the one that's like, there's VG and there's PG, and uh, these aren't censorship ratings and the PG one is uh, loads of protein oil in it and it gives you fucking cold sores and part of you is kind of weighing it up versus smoking going "Eh, cigarettes or herpes how committed am I
0: they tell you that when they sell them to you, say you want yeah. it, it's good. You'll stop smoking but you no, will no. look like a. If they didn't know you've got and then the lots of
1: people reported it. Oh, really? Gave me herpes <laughs> and we were going, we had no fucking idea. <laughs> to be honest, we knew we were dealing with smokers. <laughs> we knew
0: you'd go through a lot. They must put herpes in it for you to get herpes off it though. That is that
1: must be one of the ingredients. You don't just get herpes. I think I ordered the extra herpes. Okay. <laughs> you need revelations on this show, don't you? Like <laughs> yeah. I, you need me to say I've got like what did Stephen Fry say? He tried to kill himself yeah, or something? Yeah. Do you need me to say I'm in ISIS? Or <laughs> I've got AIDS? ISIS. I started yeah. ISIS. If you chop my head off, that would be quite
0: a good... <laughs> what, a, what a coup! <laughs> that would be amazing. That'll up your sponsorship. It will. <laughs>
1: can <Fucking> cunt's headless.
0: <laughs> They're going, yeah, he deserved it. And it's the thing, you've got to cut off people's heads who aren't, don't deserve it, and then that's, that's to be in ISIS. It's like the Jeremy Clarkson thing, which has happened recently for people at home. It's like what do you think,
1: like, if they cut Jeremy
0: Clarkson's head it's off, like, the in West the, would be like, eh? In the, I think mean, they would. It's like, like they go, in the UK, everyone's been very annoyed with him, but going, Oh, next time you'll probably be taken off TV. Goes to Argentina, they start throwing rocks at him, man. And no one's going, oh, how terrible for Jeremy Clarkson. going, yeah, why, why didn't why, why why? Did we think of
1: doing that? Exactly. Why are you such pussies about Jeremy Clarkson? I think... Jeremy Clarkson is what every English person is really holding in. <laughs> you know, just... Brrr, like, you, you spot it when you're in Australia. If, like, if you get into an altercation or an argument with a guy sometimes, and then eventually, like, you thought you were friends, you thought you were on an even keel, and then it'll come out like, I'm not having this from a grubby convict! We used to own you! <laughs> <laughs> You don't have it in you. No. You don't? No, I don't. You're, you're pretty much face value.
0: Thank you. I, I believe in honesty. But I think Jeremy Clarkson's playing a kind of a role. You know, he, that's what he's... I, I think Jeremy Clarkson and Stuart Lee are very, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I think... But one of them's left-wing and one of them's right-wing, and they both say... But they both have a cunt of an audience. <laughs> yeah, they do. But they
1: both say... Oh, they, terrible fucking! They both crowd. say
0: that they both say what the thing that they know will r- wind up the the opposing. Don't get me started
1: on Stu's audience. A <laughs> bunch of fucking satchel carrying cunts. <laughs> they're so fucking unfunny. They laugh at the simplest of subtext. On the off chance he throws them a fish, <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking kill me.
0: They're the worst. They are the, the worst, worst people in the world. I My audience are very nice. Pe- they are, they are. They're Gen- they're lovely. When I do gigs with other comedians, like if I'm doing a, you know an Edinburgh fever or something, the other comedians go, "Your audience are so." lovely and they get proper jokes and they're nice and they're giving and they don't don't take the piss they don't don't laugh at everything but they laugh at the good stuff. But they are, you notice it from the, I think Stuart Lee's audience and I like Stuart Lee but I don't like half of his audience I'm talking about really Uh, but they think, if they think by liking Stuart Lee that means they're as clever as Stuart Lee.
1: No, I I think they (laughs) actually think because they've discovered a single subversive comic that makes them an aficionado (laughs) which makes you the polar opposite of it. And then they profess to understand Understand irony. Fucking cunts and <laughs> retards. Mongs. Mongs, Richard Herring, <laughs> Fucking Mongs. You can say that if you wish. Yeah. I think that's
0: uh, I think that's very you know Insulting to with... Mongs.
1: He got into a bit of trouble over Mongate, didn't you?
0: I d- well I didn't really. All I said was you should think about using the words whether you want to use them. You can use any word you like. Okay. uh, Spastic niggers on ice How about that (laughs) That's fine Anyone But at least you're using that In a thoughtful way I think
1: I think we It was actually I was talking to uh, Una Uh, What is Una's surname Chaplin uh, is that she was uh, the, for the head of diversity at Channel Four? No, oh Una, yeah Una, and um, she's going to run for mayor. Yeah, the
0: Labour MP. Great
1: lady, yeah, really funny. What's it? Una King, is it? Una yeah. King, thank you, great lady. And we were talking backstage, and I think she'd had a rather pre-conceived notion of, of the kind of person I was, but I think funny is a language, and it involves a trust and understanding between people, right? And that's yeah. why you skirt in and out of things. And I, and I did this joke to her, but I couldn't say it to the crowd because she said, well, of course, there's no, there's no buzzwords at Channel 4. And I went, really? Then how come you knocked back my spastic niggers on ice idea, right? <laughs> she pissed herself laughing. <laughs> but every white person in the room went, I don't. She's laughing. Because, ah! <laughs> like, Louis C.K. had a tough time when he first came out here. Yep. And people didn't have the trust. I have a theory that, like, let's go back to this about the Jeremy Clarkson is, I think, what English people are holding in is I don't think English people on the whole, you trust yourselves to be a decent human being. I think you're, you're a very repressed nation. I think you're holding a lot in. And then, of course, when we look at the local elections, turns out you're fucking right. <laughs> wow, you really are holding a whole bunch in. <laughs> I live in the East Midlands borough, and there were six right-wing parties on my ballot. And one of them, this wasn't even a name... I refused to name them, right? Uh, and this, was, this, was, this, this wasn't a leaflet that was handed to me, right? This, this this was actually on a ballot box with a box next to it for you to tick. And it said, I am English, not European, and not British, which is a weird commitment, yeah. right? <laughs> And the not was in capital letters. And I was like, you know, when your ballot box starts to look like the rantings of a Twitter troll, <laughs> it's probably time to step up. Because I, I, I guess I, I fuck with English Liberals quite a bit, even though I... I agree with everything <laughs> that they have to say but there's just something that uh, well I, I certainly when it comes to voting you have to understand the difference between a disappointing friend and a deadly mortal enemy yeah and uh where was i going with that <laughs> i started to... <laughs> oh yes yeah, so when Lee, louis ck came out and like now everyone loves him because they've seen him In front of an audience that gets him and trusts and understands him and realises that he's a decent guy that's skirting with conventions of taste. Yeah. But when he first came out here, when people are in the room, they don't really have that immediate... There's not that immediate trust and understanding between audience and performer here, I think. You have to work on it. It's true, yeah, but
0: all those things you're saying and all those words you're saying, if, they, if they're used... It, all my point is, is about any of that language, any of the racial or the ableist or any sexist language, they're powerful words, and so to use them flippantly... Thanks to you! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> they were powerful. But to use them flippantly without thinking, which is what was happening at the time with that particular incident, uh, is is pathetic, right? So you can still you can use them in a comedic way, in an, in an excited way, because they are... Important words. It, it devalues language to not understand that. So I think all comedians, all good comedians, know how powerful language is. And that you never ban anyone from using a word. I just, would just say, think about... With that, with, with, the, with the, the disabled ones, with Hmong and Spastic... You sort of think, well, who? Are you, why are you picking on? The, why are you picking on the weakest members of society? Why, well, you know, why do that? You know, at least, at least, have the bravery to do hello niggers. You know, if you are going to be, do that, do that which, would surprise, would be a really challenging thing because you are really not allowed to say that, but you are allowed to say what you like about. It, so That's your
1: difference Like, uh, I, I really, it's so fucking lame and condescending to say it, but I really crave. Black approval. I really want a black audience. <laughs> because I do black gigs in America. And I had no idea. Australians are huge <laughs> in the black community. Did you know that? Crocodile Dundee was massive <laughs> in the black community. So, and because growing up, the reason that I think I like to talk about race is because I grew up on black American comics. Right? And so, like, it sounds... I know it sounds lame and condescending, but please understand, the first comic I ever saw was Flip Wilson, a black American comic, and that's when I decided that at the age of nine, this is what I want to do with my life. Then I was a massive Richard Pryor fan, and then I was a massive Eddie Murphy fan, and, and it took me years to realise that I've tried to emulate black American comedy, which is why I've been punched a lot. And, <laughs> but you know how like, white rappers feel that they won't be proper rappers until they're accepted? By 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 a black community, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then when I go to the states, we're fucking massive, <laughs> massive to the extent where I can go to parts of LA that, that I can go south of the ten, right? Uh, and there, are, people will tell you, you go south of the ten, they're fucking petrified. And it's a myth. It's a myth. You can, I, uh, our friend Paul Provenza, he's like, yeah. what are you doing going to Popeye's Chicken? Popeye's Chicken is like, uh, it's Louisiana chicken. It's the most bulletproof fucking building. You've ever seen in your life, like seriously, you go to a Swiss bank. That's it's less bulletproof, and it's like supposedly like a rough, dangerous area. And I, whatever the Australian equivalent of Uncle Tomming is. Like I fucking Uncle Ocker it up <laughs> Like you wouldn't believe Like they're just like You know they, They'll come up to the car Through the drive through And is like You sure about coming This part of town <laughs> And I'm like Watch this mate And I'm like "Get mate How are you fucking gun, <laughs> They get spoons out There's a track Winding back <laughs> And they're all like You Australian Motherfucker And So you do black gigs Like in Times Square And I really am it. Aussie- I'm whoring myself <laughs> immensely like just and every time without fail there's always like a voice in the darkness that just goes motherfuckers down like the crocodile man <laughs> and I little nine year old Brendan is so fucking happy inside when that happens so,
0: wh- who am I talking to? Because you're kind of a crazy comedian who like has two different personalities within them that you exploit. What's that about? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> so you got how's that working out for you? <laughs> but you got are you Brendan tonight or are you Burnsy tonight? Which one am I getting? Because you did a trilogy of shows about the, the, the difference. they That wound Brendan me up in Burns. a mental institution. Yeah, Yeah. That's and, what I'm slightly worried. That's why I'm kind of interested in this because I'm done just, examining the dichotomy within each performer as well, and
1: well, I'm I worried think, about that. So. What, was, well, what was interesting about the first one was I just all I really did. Uh, it was a real cheap trick, but all I really did was I did two halves, and one half was my uh, my onstage persona turned up, and then the second half was me, supposedly me, and all I actually did right still the same guy riding both halves. And um, all I actually did was soften my accent in the second half (laughs) and sound a little bit English. And every reviewer, without fail, said, in the second half, he is erudite and blah, blah, blah. I sound like you, you shallow (laughs) cunt. That's all you needed. Uh, And then the the second part was certainly what drove me mad. And that was, and I will say this to anyone, about anything that, you know, anyone that does, I suppose, I hate the word catharsis because it seems to be the modern word of quick fix. Yeah. You know, I think it's been bastardized. But anytime I think you do expository or or, uh, not necessarily navel-gazing, but any stuff that's kind of trying to look into your inner psyche, anything that happens in your life that's damaging, right, when you're really making a living out of that, there is a small part of you that no matter how horrible things get, there is a small part of you going, Yeah, but this is a good twenty minutes. <laughs> like, you know, if I fucking if I try and commit suicide, right, and I survive, that that's that's an Edinburgh hour. <laughs> isn't it? I can get shitloads out of that. And what I was doing at the time was I was trying to write these perfect shows that would come up with this final magic button. So I would begin the show with it was about my breakup. And I would talk about all these things that really hurt, that were really painful, and it's killing, absolutely killing. And then at the end, i do this final analysis, you know, in this this let-go moment, in this, you know, pitch-perfect, you know, uh, narrative, end to the narrative, and a lot of people walked away from it and still to this day come up to me and say you know I ended up getting help off the back of that that show helped me a lot and everything but then I'd get up the same night and still start doing the same shit all over again and doing the same stuff yeah. that was painful so you're tearing the roof off the place but inside you are trying really hard not to top yourself yeah. and and that's how I ended up in the nut house <laughs> and in the end they uh yeah yeah I saw Satan twice did you yeah
0: as a result of the self-examination, or
1: was this because of the stuff were, you were, you, were, you, uh, yeah. were you going crazy? mushrooms and it? cocaine, yeah. not a good mix. No. Not a good mix at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Glenn Wall's got the great joke about it, isn't it? last thing you want with hallucinations is confidence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did Satan say anything to you when you saw him?
1: It might have been the actual one. Uh, well, it was in the show. And it was obviously a voice in my head, but I saw it twice. Once was the girl I was then dating. uh, And you're going, how do you know it's Satan? And you're going, we've made Satan up. (laughs) And trust me, you'll know when you see him. It's very clear. And it was actually, it was a voice in my head. And her face just all of a sudden just turned into flames. And like blue flames for the mouth and eyes. And then there was this voice in my head that said, I will use and betray you like no one ever has. And you can't stop any of this because you care that much and then the hallucination stopped and everyone in the party was looking at me going what's wrong brendan <laughs> and i was like ah. uh, and then the second time was uh, looking in the mirror oh no so it's an evil that you know it, it, it's a personification of evil that we've yeah. manifested but it's it's i don't <laughs> i don't recommend it <laughs> I mean, you'll get a good twenty minutes, <laughs> but we were talking about the crazy side so yeah. so we we bring it back to the um uh, the Englishness and working in the English circuit, we are under scrutiny a great deal. We are under, uh, the, there's a critical process here that, uh, and I can't blame critics because I'm a comedian and I watch a comedian, there will be 15 minutes where my mind wanders. I can't focus on what someone's saying for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that, that is a skill. But one of, the, one of the worst things that can happen to a comedian is, this is quoting, I think, George Carlin, And that is one of the worst things that can happen to a comedian is worrying whether people think you're clever or people think you're a decent person. Because, and it takes two decades of doing this, doesn't it, to let go of outcome, to let go of perception. Because really jokes are all about ambiguousness. Yeah. You know? Uh, And you know, broken down to their most base form is taking something from one context, putting it in another context. And in the UK, everyone darts around and throws irony around incorrectly, uh, uh, professing all the while to have a monopoly on irony. Uh, I don't know if there's any irony in that. (laughs) Uh, But you you often have people kind of scrutinising you and presuming to, to comprehend your work better than... than than you do and then after a while you let that get to you and you start to then explain what you're doing because you're so worried about being misunderstood and then (laughs) I had a bit of a boon only recently Uh, uh, I've become friends with this Canadian comedian John Hastings he only knows me sober and sane right? and he keeps hearing these stories and he's like I just can't see it I I just can't see it and then um, it it was the beginning of my friendship with uh, uh, a a co-friend of ours, uh, Paul Provenza. Uh, this used to be... We were talking about this before as well, right? Yeah. So uh, this used to be my answering machine message. Uh, this is back at the height of my insanity, is my answering machine message didn't used to be an answering machine message. It was just me being really fucking outraged and angry about this pizza shop in Muswell Hill <laughs> whose, whose menu didn't have enough toppings on them. And the thing that really got my gall was they had a pizza. Like if I can still go there now. Right? They had a pizza called a Chicken Extravaganza. Now, sir, Extravaganza to you that conjures up lots of chicken. Lots of chicken and what else? Maybe just an extravaganza. anything goes, doesn't it? You know what's on a Chicken Extravaganza at the fucking pizza shop house in Muswell fucking Hill onions <laughs> I know thank you see validation fuck those cunts right and I then said cunts. don't bother leaving me a message here's their fucking number 0181 and I listed the number and said go and tell these cunts what fucking extravaganza means <laughs> and Paul Lorenzo said he listened his message he taped it it's about five minutes apparently and he's just in stitches and he's like I want to hang out with that guy now in hindsight I will never be that funny again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because there is a trade-off, I think. I just started doing my own podcast. uh, uh, And uh, I realised at the end of it, like, when doing a podcast, it's probably best to let the crazy moron speak. And I think the only way that I will get by in this business is if I let the crazy moron speak, like in a podcast or in the right environment, just don't let him make any decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that... I mean, I, I feel that a little bit with,
0: with comedy. I mean, I play around... I, you know, I think I'm actually fairly sane, but who knows? But I play around with that you know, craziness because that that's part of what it is. But I felt like doing comedy is a way of just of getting the genie in the bottle. You know, I was just annoying when I was a kid because I was trying to be funny all the time, right? And being on stage allowed me to... Do all, what, everything I wanted to be as silly as I liked on stage, and then I could come on stage and be and not be that prick, you know. Yeah. So I think if you can if you can actually bottle it and get it get it into a performance exactly and you know the limits of it i think you can play it. i don't want to really necessarily yeah go on go crazy in the podcast <laughs> 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 oh and now it's spilled out into real the real, and the devil's back and
1: i'm <laughs> talking to the devil people uh, people do worry about me sometimes yeah well you know but it's just
0: touching but you're but you're you are playing with something i think we you know and i in my stupid stuff when i when i'm doing the me one versus me two podcast at its best i don't really remember anything about it afterwards that's right because because i I've inhabited both of the characters properly. And I don't really know what's happened. I'm certainly not going to fucking listen back to find out. Yeah, well,
1: the only, the only time it ever gets worrying when you divide the onstage and offstage personas. Yeah. Like, I mean, like even when Stu says is Stuart Lee, the character, yeah. I almost want to say to him, <laughs> <laughs> how's that working out for you? <laughs> how's that little fake get-out clause? <laughs> because really we're speaking from the gut, and there's probably more reality, uh, more authenticity. I heard something great on Doug... Stand up's podcast, or I think he was doing Doug Benson's podcast only recently. And he said, funny thing is, like, the first night I ever got up and did stand up, right? Uh, I, and I was like this too, as well. I thought I was going to be a fucking genius. I really did it. 19 years of age, I'd done concerts at school and killed, and I was, like, not liked at school, right? So that's already a tough crowd that's like, oh, what's Burns think he's doing? And then to get laughs in that environment. And then, like, I would be, like, at every family gathering, they would have me do a bit or a speech or something, and that would kill. So I thought, ah, this is going to be a doddle. And, And so five minutes before I went on, and the first words out of my mouth on stage... Were probably the most authentic I'll ever be, right? and uh, and this is what Stanhope said. It was the most authentic I'll ever be. It failed miserably, <laughs> and then I learned how to like develop a mask, and then the next you know twenty or so years are devoted to trying to eventually. Pe- I mean, first five years you're just learning how to kill. That's all you want to do, and then after you know killing becomes easy, that means do well at comedy. So. <laughs> That's not the first... The first five years, you're you of- This is why I struggle with letting go of ambiguity.
0: <laughs> the next 15 years, you're just getting over it, trying to forget about the victims. And then
1: around... Yeah, and then, you know, and I think... And maybe, like, uh, I, I think anyone thoughtful or, 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 or generally as well, someone that's always been a fan of the art, uh, somewhere around the 10-year mark, there's a malaise mm-hmm. where you are just like... Argh! What are these people fucking laughing? Like, I tried to go back to the circuit this year, and it's gotten thinner-skinned and dumber, and I just, I can't do it. I, I lack that skill of just Sharons and Tracys. of just I'm getting married! I'm going to get fucked in a bin! Just like, fuck you, Tracy, and you're, You should never have to perform comedy in front of people that are wearing hats that require electricity. <laughs> <laughs> and you should never have to perform comedy in front of people that don 't understand that joke <laughs> uh, and then somewhere uh, uh, along the way, yeah you just you 're just trying to find something you 're just trying to find something that that, that, that that we return to the idea of like funny as a language and you 're just trying to find people that speak your language that that just get you
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think you like i think you 're one of the pioneers of this with the online content, you're certainly in the forefront of podcasting in the UK, aren't you? Yeah, but that's what I like about podcasting is that you
0: can, it's, you, you've got the autonomy to do whatever you want, so however stupid it is and however wrong it is as well, so I think you can make mistakes, you're allowed to make mistakes, you're allowed to, when I first, the Meaning of Life podcast I do, which is like a stand-up and sketch podcast, on the first episode of it, I kind of realised I've made loads of mistakes, I've tried to learn this and I don't have an autocue and I haven't had time to learn it, Uh, and you know, if that had been a TV pilot, I'd have been thinking, oh, I mean, a, I'd have had a, I'd have had an autocue. But if it had been a TV pilot, I would have been thinking, oh, fuck, this is a disaster because this isn't what I want it to be. Yeah. But and they'll never let me make any more. But I was thinking, that's all right, I'm making five more. We'll, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get there by the, well, the third one. podcast week. will evolve yeah, into yeah. what so, it's going to so be. Yeah, so the first one, like, people go, and, that, and it's interesting because people will say to you, oh, I, didn't, I heard the first meeting of life, I didn't like it, and I go, okay, that's fine, I don't think it was that good. But, you know, you're not tuned into it yet. But when I did As It Occurs To Me, the first couple of episodes, I was nervous. I was getting it wrong. And people were going, oh, this is terrible. But then, so, you know, you, you're allowed to carry on. And a lot of comedy, I think, is just being allowed to carry on with it. And, and TV really doesn't let you do that very much. Interestingly, in America, they seem to be doing that more with sitcoms and things. They'll give it, like, Parks and Recreation is one of my favourite sitcoms. The first series of it is not terrible, but it's not good. It's not good. No. And it's just, it hasn't found itself. And it hasn't, it's worked, such out it, it hasn't a worked out what weird, it hasn't worked out uh, what it was. weird. But they let it carry on. And they have such a on. massive
1: marketplace yeah, there but, that, I mean, they're light years ahead in terms of online content. Yeah. There are a lot of guys that really just write their own. Yeah. Like, uh, Doug Benson does a podcast about movies. Yeah. And he goes and travels around the country and fills a room, does his podcast, <laughs> and then does a stand up show afterwards. Right and no one gets in his way. Doug Stanhope, when he came here. And dear, I fucking love this. And uh, have I got news for you? Have you seen that video online? Have I got news for you? Wrote him uh, a, a letter saying, we are uh, interested in viewing Doug's availability. We would like eight complimentary tickets. And he did, he's never heard of Have I Got News For You. And he goes, the one thing I know about my audience is they are fucking broke. You fucking coked up media cunts. <laughs> Fuck you. You pay. You want to know my availability? Not available. <laughs> Not available. <laughs> and every... I, don't, I, 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 I imagine every comic in the world watches that and goes... God I'd love to say that. <laughs> God I'd love to get myself in that position. Yeah. But you but you can
0: do it now. I mean you've got you still got to work in it, but you can do it because you're in charge, of, you know, you you can be in charge of what you you you're putting out and you don't have to. Work. I mean the thing is though, TV certainly helps. I'm, so,
1: as I'm saying, there's 100 comedians out on tour when you and you're, you're going to be on tour in the new year in February, in February I'm February. doing anything but comedy clubs. Right. Okay. So maybe like some comic book shops. Yeah a uh, uh, couple of indie music rooms. A guy came to see me at the Free Fringe this year. For, uh, Free Fringe. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't know that your listeners uh, how far it reaches, but yeah. at the Edinburgh Festival, there's a new kind of fringe on the fringe where... And I was very apprehensive going into it. Uh, of The idea is that people will pay you what they think you're worth at the end of it. And I kind of... Uh, I've done the festival for two decades... And I kind of finally figured it out that, like, people go, why do comics spend so much money up there? Why do they lose so much money? How does this happen? And then you look around and you see, like, a guy you've never heard of. And you'll see a billboard with his face on it, declaring him a fucking genius. And that's why people spend all that money, is so that you can delude yourself you're famous for a month. And I've done it. I've done the big venues and people call me Mr Burns. And people come up and ask for my photo. And they you know, and then and you go home and then you just and no one calls you mr burns anymore it turns you're not fam- it turns out you're not famous and you owe 20 fucking grand and everyone goes there's always a bit of a, a, a depression after Edinburgh. no fucking wonder and then this time around it was just me i didn't i didn't hand out a single flyer I didn't talk a single person into the room. My venue was impossible to find. It actually wasn't at the, the address that it was listed at. Seriously, you'd go to the address and there was an alleyway that was a dead end and then a pest-stained alleyway off another pestane alleyway and then you turn left and right and then David Bowie asked you a riddle. and then. So by the time the audience turned up, there was nothing but diehard fans and they were already excited. And, and I didn't have, time. anyone sat there with folded arms, I would just go, give me 20 pounds or get the fuck up. I, I, I didn't have a single argument with a punter. Because I, I agree with people in that marketplace. If you see a comic, that you could have seen 3,000 comedians. And you fucking hate the guy. And it cost you 15 pounds. And it's also, you are so conspicuous. Like if you're hating this, it's pretty dark. You can wander out. But if you're locked in a room with me and this annoying voice <laughs> for like an hour yeah. and saying, you know, rather ill informed shit about everything and nothing that I have no right to be talking about, and you are locked in there for two, two you know, for an hour and it's a 200 seater, and if you get up to walk out, uh, 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 you know, everyone's going to notice, and you spent 15 pounds and there was 3,000 other shows you could have seen, and anytime someone comes up to me afterwards and goes, fuck you, I fucking hated that. It's a little part of me that's on their side. (laughs) It's like, I saw Spider-Man 3. You know? And if Sam Raimi was in the room, when you saw Spider-Man, wouldn't you go, how did you fuck up Venom? (laughs) It was in the books. You didn't have to write shit, you prick. So you had a good time in Edinburgh. I had a lovely time. (laughs) I had a wonderful time. And it was just, I I videoed the whole thing. I put content up every day. And I, I didn't hand out a single flyer. Yeah. All I did was, it was me and 5,000 Twitter followers.
0: I think it's definitely the way forward for The Fringe. I mean, it, it's, it was a very interesting year, The Fringe. This, and, and because I think it's diversified into, like, the, top, the TV acts, yep. getting, you know, charging a lot of money and getting an audience, and The Free Fringe getting an audience on the whole. Not everyone did. And then everyone in the middle who's trying to do it
1: the old way, struggling. The pool that we all used to pull from has diminished. Yeah. Because it's all gone to the free fringe. Yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, I, the only shows I saw were free fringe shows. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, you, and, I mean, and the irony is, they're the only ones you pay to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they're I the I only I ones you pay because yeah, everything yeah. else you've got to pass through. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something beautiful in saying to, you know, a room full of people at the end of it, you know. And, and, and I, I, I looked forward to going to work every day. I actually looked forward to going to work every day. And every day was just... It was just people that spoke my language and it was just, uh, it sounds vain to, to go like, oh, I was killing. But, but I say that from the perspective, I don't always kill. You know, I, it, it, see, <laughs> you know, I'm not for everyone. It's a 50, when I go on the road or I'm, I'm speaking to people that aren't there to see me, it's a 50, 50 shot at best. I'm not for everyone. And so to kill every night and then say to that audience, you know what, if you are in pain from laughing, you know, pay me what that's worth. Pay me what that's worth to you because, I'll be honest, finding people that speak my language is absolutely priceless to me. (laughs) You are completely invaluable. And, um, you know, and sometimes someone would walk by and go, I fucking hated it. I'm not giving you shit. And I'm like, cool, deal. Don't come back. Don't want to see you again. And (laughs) I have freakish facial recognition, so don't fucking try. (laughs) I actually do. Dear, Would you
0: recognise anyone who's on uh, like your show?
1: But is, is Even if they were
0: wearing a, a false moustache like that?
1: Uh, no, as long as people are where I left them. Like, he, <laughs> like, he's been before. You have, haven't you? I've seen you before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, see? Yeah, always, he
0: always sits in the front row.
1: Yeah, yeah. he's a front row guy, so <laughs> yeah. I, It's true, front row people <laughs> I recognise, to the extent... I'm, the joke is, I'm so painfully unfamous, I recognise the audience. Yeah, I'm so painfully unfamous, I know the names
0: of Andy McCage. Um, uh, I, can't, oh, I, really? can't, I can't name most of them. I know their jobs, there's a butler,
1: there's a butler there. Uh, so, well, I, the, the, the recognition comes down to as long as they are where I left them geographically. Yeah. But I, uh, I actually recognise a guy who keeps getting dragged along by his friends in an attempt to convert him, who fucking hates me. And every time, without, he'll sit there with folded arms, and he's, like, pushing his eyes in the back of his <laughs> skull. He's going, when will this convict cunt shut the fuck up? And every third or fourth joke, his mates will nudge him and go, how about now? And he's like, nah, still fucking hate him. And the thing is, and then eventually I'll go, hang on, you're the guy that hates me. And then he pisses himself laughing. <laughs> so I can't dismiss him as having no sense of humour because, get this, I've seen him laugh at his own discomfort five times now <laughs> and wait for it at two DVD recordings. <laughs> <laughs> That's commitment. That
0: is, that is. Uh, how sensitive are your nipples? Uh, they used
1: to be. They? But everything's kind like, of like... I did a lot of fucking in the 90s. right? And a lot of fucking, a lot of... Cocaine, yeah. a lot of mushrooms. And did the. the what? You got, you got your
0: nipples squeezed so much they lost their
1: sensitivity. All my erogenous stuff is kind yeah. of fucked up. Really.
0: Well, that happens. I'm a bit numb. But my, my nipples have never been uh, sensitive. And, I, and I, 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 I just wondered whether that was normal. Well, look Actually, at this I could way. go to a doctor, but what I'm going to do is just ask everyone from now on about their nipples, well, including look at, the women.
1: Look at this way. You're no longer a slave to the temptations of the road. No. Well, I'm not. No, but I'm, that's.
0: But I never was from a nipple perspective. It was never, it was never the nipples that were attracting. I'm thinking, can't wait to get af- out this no, gig no, and no, have no. my nipples tweaked. Because <laughs> like, they that happened, i just go, no, no, it's not really doing anything for me. <laughs> well,
1: my, wife, my wife's hilarious as well because I toured Australia with Mick Foley, who's a WWE wrestler, right? And uh, the first thing she said was, uh, she goes, now listen, when you're touring across Australia, you're not going to get sucked in by all those groupies, are you? And I was like, honey, I, I'm flattered that you see the remnants of handsome, but it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I'm not pretty. I, this is this age. This face is not age. I used to be fucking gorgeous. Was, I did seriously. I, there was a time I could ejaculate mice, and you would cut your clit off to make a happy hat for them. All right? and. Uh, you were you were a, you a good-looking young. man. I was fucking sexy. We I know awesome. I'm, I'm very rough-looking now. I've not aged That's, well. There's a
0: sexiness to that, but I, yeah, I but I don't. I was discussing this with my uh, taxi driver in Belfast. Uh, that I, it just what, you, you used to be pretty. <laughs> very, 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 you used to be pretty. we're so remember, how pretty Brendan Burns used to be. I mean, he's not getting anything now. I you know. Like ten years ago, people were would uh, there would be at least a temptation. Oh, you would. Now you like rock, now, rock gods. But now there's no, no one. No one even like no are...
1: No one. Or it's if you discuss being happily married, yeah. there will often be a young pretty girl's ego yeah. that immediately like, comes up afterwards for the signing or whatever and does the flick of the hair of like, oh, I could get him. And you're like, yeah, thanks, thanks for the offer of ruining my fucking life. For, you know, I don't have the sexual prowess I once had, so it'd be 15 seconds of disappointment for both of us. And then everything I know and love, would uh, disappear, <laughs> uh, apparently because you've got nice hair. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a fucking deal.
0: I wouldn't mind if they did it. They don't. I, I wouldn't go take. I just would like them to come up. They don't do that to me anymore. They don't come up and even bother trying that. Do you talk and about being I, happily married? I, I do. Yeah, I talk about all sorts of things. All that like, happens. Maybe, uh, and they—they've uh, in, lost interest. Ah,
1: uh, ah, in. uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, it's because your nipples are gone numb. So you've, <laughs> you, my friend, former comedy rock god yeah because you were in the 90s you and Stu were pretty much the closest we had to it all right <laughs> uh, you did, you, they were weren't they right there there are some ladies that, here, guy's, past their not prime, a, that guy's not in a bit
0: too enthusiastic no. for my liking
1: i must admit there are some younger women here going <laughs> i don't if i was a child <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like podcasts <laughs> <laughs> big into fish
0: but even I was Googling Harry. even eight eight years ago eight years ago girls were interested in me and now they're not. I'm, I'm, uh, no, that's my say friend, girls. I've got, my to, I've got to clarify that in the here's, current environment. Here's what I'm women putting to you. Me. Here's women. what I'm putting to you:
1: is with yeah. your dulled nipples. They were always dull. You're, okay. You're your sex radar yeah. is off. Yeah, it is. So you don't notice. Oh no, it's not. It's just when no, you I'm, get hit on. I'm not giving. I'm not giving out anymore. You're not giving out, but you probably don't spot it. No, I'm not. You know, I'm not in, I used to be a slave to it, yeah. so I still am aware of the da. <laughs> well, I was,
0: but it's got. You know, it's just. It's, I don't, I'm glad it's gone. I don't miss That's it. That's fucking awesome. I just
1: young men. Trust me, a diminished wish... libido is the greatest thing that will ever fucking really? happen. Get a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great, isn't it? I was thinking of
0: uh, researching my family tree the other day. That's yeah, so, uh, so,
1: uh... <laughs> who needs erections. <laughs> <laughs> who needs erections? I don't even like you. I don't find young girls attractive anymore. No, I don't. There's no story there. Uh, uh, like Again, should we just whole, should we like clarify what, face... what we mean by
0: how how young girls did you no. used to find attractive? No, because that not... would be a fucking. Your this fresh be...
1: face means nothing to me. This There's no fucking it. story. I prefer someone that's been around the block a bit. That's all. I. <laughs> what? You're not the same age as her. <laughs> fucking get over it. I. I can't even masturbate to teen Born. <laughs> I can't. You know, like barely legal teeth. Nothing turns me off faster than a guy in my age, standing over like a, a 19-year-old girl. He's got his dick in her mouth. She's still got hope in her eyes. So I, <laughs> I have to type in MILF. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Rob. Rob Delaney's
0: very uh, similar in that respect. <laughs> Is he? Well, he does, he, he was saying he likes real, uh, real women. And hairy women, yeah, hairy, yeah, yeah. What you excited to them? about? That you've been growing yeah. your eyebrows, growing didn't all raise. your hair. Especially. You did
1: give something away there. <laughs> I must admit, you went and hairy and raised your eyebrows and went. Notice these are full. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no plucking there. No, it's a, it's a it's a wonderful thing. Enjoy being young. Well, it lasts. That's my advice to you. I'll ask you I'll is ask... that what we were saying? Yeah. Enjoy being young, because your you're you're funniest... two
1: old fucking fuckers. Like that this. was the funniest non-summation. Yeah. All we're trying to say is Enjoy. swans are cunts. <laughs> they fucking are. They are <laughs> fucking. Look at them. They like they look. They they act like they know that to bother them is treason. <laughs> and they don't have any natural predators. I fucking. And when I'm down in the West Country, one guy was like, oh, they'll break a man's arm, arm in half. Uh, and I'm like, being Australian, I'm like, oh, fuck a swan up. <laughs> and then I tried to knock one out. <laughs> this is the night I invented the drink called the Flaming Bernsey. And it's basically ouzo and tequila, and you like put it in your mouth and then set it on fire. Uh, and, uh, and then I, it, someone told me about like, swans being, you know, bothering swans being treason. So it was about 5 a.m., So I go down to the lake outside the the bar where I was working in Exeter and there's swans everywhere and they were fucking just... It's like they're leading with their chin. They just look like, doesn't anyone else want to... Don't you see a swan, you just want to punch it in the fucking head and just like go, look out! You're fucking asking for it! it's no bird should like birds should be like this (laughs) (laughs) swans are just like yeah fucking protected by the queen you can't come on (laughs) they're cocky so I went down and come try and knock one out I I genuinely did see I told you I'll never be this funny again (laughs) And, and the thing is the lake I took my shoes off and the lake was filled with swan piss and I cut my foot and then because I got drunk I went to bed <laughs> didn't get a swan and then woke up the next morning with an infected foot and I had to go into a pharmacy and go, what do you get for like swan piss? <laughs> and this fucking <laughs> and a group of people people suddenly gathered and for some reason I felt really naked because I had my foot out because, and it was the west country and sure enough everyone went, oh you're bothering a swan that's treason <laughs> And it's like they'll break a man's arm you know like, I fucking know I
0: kind of enjoy that anecdote because I found your West Country accent very offensive
1: <laughs>
0: it's about as good as your Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> I did an impression of Brendan Burns in the introduction oh I'm Brendan Burns yeah. that's quite good uh, so that's much better <laughs> I like sherry. <showering. laughs> are you ever mistaken for uh a celebrity, another different celebrity than you are, than I am. Yeah, are you have a mistake because I'm mistaken for Charlie Borman all the time, and sometimes Brad Pitt. Uh,
1: Charlie Borman, I can see Charlie Borman in there, and Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, uh, so no, there, it's a Brad Pitt. Is there because like, I'm when, amazed that you're not picking up on your Brad Pitt radar <laughs> on your nipples.
0: <laughs> exactly, but when you're sort of semi recognisable as you and I, I think are. Don't you get mistaken for other people? I'm trying to think of who you would look like. Uh, As a kid,
1: uh, I was mistaken all the time for Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Really? I was the spit. As a young man, uh, to the extent where when I first came to England, and this is back when, you know, this is the early 80s, and England wasn't particularly aware of Australia, so people would often think you were American. Okay. When uh, you came over, people would ask for my autograph. Wow. As Ferris Bueller as a fictional character. That's how stupid stupid the English (laughs) people were. Yeah, I I looked a lot like Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, yeah.
0: Not anymore. I used to look like, uh, I used to look a bit, I used to look a little bit like Michael J. Fox. I once, Did especially to Japanese people, but I think that's because,
1: you know, they... They're racist. Yeah. They are very racist. Well, I went. You, no, you go to China. Wow, they don't mind being racist at all. <laughs> you go to China with Ross Noble, who has green eyes. Yeah. Right. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> they don't know what to fucking make of him because <laughs> he has green eyes, which is very valued, and he looks kind of Chinesey. So, is that a racist word in England? <laughs> is it? I think it's all right, Chinese-y. Uh, Yeah, he has an Asian-y face. And so, um, Asian-y it, is not allowed. Isn't it? Is its that right? Is that right? right? Chinesey's fine. But. <laughs> Did you know Oriental <laughs> is a slur in America? Yeah, well... Yeah. They get very upset. Quitely uh, so. Uh, why? Because they're not from the Orient. They're from Asia. Yeah, but then it gets kind of fucking... Because here, Asian, is... Pakistani and Indian, yeah, and whereas in Australia, Asian is China and Malaysia and all that. Yeah, it's very confusing. Getting a uh, very—I just loved going down this road to watch the English guy (laughs) sweat. What the fuck's he going to say now? (laughs) Uh, And uh, so yeah, so they will. Like I was Ross Noble and I years and years ago were in Shanghai, and people just like had no problem just like crossing the street to really get like move his head and get a a good good look at him. (laughs) And so you know, because he's got the green eyes, they just fucking look at that. He's Western, but a bit Asiany. And they just they, don't, they don't, they'll have a
0: gawk. Yeah, they'll have a point. Didn't feel like having to get the Chinese accent. I noticed the uh happy to do the West Country as if that's a comedy thing that's all right to do. But thought, I can't oh, no, do Chinese. I'm going can to can do the enemies.
1: Mao, Mao, Okay. <laughs> I'm touring Asia uh, in uh, November. Yeah. One thing you learn when you're in Asia, better have some Asian jokes. (laughs) They fucking love it. If you don't, they're very upset. This was when I... I think I run into trouble in England because I keep my liberal white dickhead in check, right? And people confuse that with conservatism. But my liberal white dickhead is like... Liberal white dickhead, often we all all keep our bigotries in check, sure, as we should. But liberal white dickhead is rarely self-aware. Condescension is rarely self-aware. No one really checks themselves on that. And i was in, I was in Singapore, and was I was uh, the only white guy on the bill. as a matter of fact, I was pretty much the only white guy in the room and, uh, and throughout Asia, they have jokes and stereotypes about one another we 're not remotely party to, of course we 're not but they 're very similar to the ones you have in Europe, like they do from state to state in America, right? And it's just, so There's everyone's having a blast, and it's like the Japanese are shitting on the Cantonese, the Cantonese are shitting on uh, the, the, the Singlish, and the Singlish is shitting on the Japanese back, and everyone's shitting on the Malays, and apparently the Malays can go fuck themselves. I don't even know what that's about. They're like the Latvia. Asia if you ever go to Europe Latvia's down the bottom rung it's like the Swedes shit on the Finns the Finns shit on the Estonians the Estonians shit on the Latvians and you go to Latvia and you go who do you make fun of and they go we kick our dogs right <laughs> we don't get to make fun of anyone so they're absolutely killing. Every comedian is Asian. And they're absolutely killing. And the whole room's having a blast. And liberal white dickhead here was at the back of the room just going, Oh, no, 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 This is racist. You're all Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I went, Oh, yeah. I think I might have caught myself in something, man. <laughs> So then I got up and told him that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And I got beat up. <laughs> you're all Asian-y. That's what you said. That's what I'm going to trouble. Look, so I got to do the voice. Just don't pull the face. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you're not remotely
0: upset. So I've got some new emergency questions. Have you? Yeah, this one won't work for you. This last... Uh, if you had to choose uh, between these two, would you rather date a man... Who was a six-foot penis with a face? He could wear like a suit to look like a man, so he'd have a he puts false shoulders on, but he's basically just a six-foot penis. So with, what, what do I have to do wait, with him? Put him in so You have to date him. i date, date him. him. Just date. I thought date. you said
1: sex. Well,
0: that might be part of the date if you get on well, or it's just a date. Yeah. Well, I'll not ha- really much of a dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> but you haven't no heard I mean. the other half yet. Or would you right, would you're not throwing down with that? Would you rather have sex with, after having a date with <laughs> You have to, with a man who's a six foot tall penis, who's got pretend shoulders and a suit. I'm just saying,
1: as, as a conundrum, it's not particularly challenging. What, well,
0: you haven't heard the second half yet. I'm going out for dinner. You haven't, and then you've got to have sex with... Who doesn't love to eat? You've got to have sex with the penis man. There's fucking loads to talk
1: about. Oh what's with your cock for a body? <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'd pick the first one. <laughs> wait. I think that's a night out. Wait, wait till you hear the second that's one. That's a very, very interesting man. Oh He's all cock. Or this one...
0: A man who, instead of a penis, has a tiny man there instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's oh, oh, oh. a tiny he's, man. Tiny man. It's a different man. It's not. It's not. They're not connected anywhere apart from. He's like. He's not. You know. He's grown. There. He's not been taken from somewhere and.
1: and re- been grafted on. He's growing out of the man. Well, I have to ask another question. Are we about to talk, you know, are we allowed to talk about it immediately or is it a social faux pas to go, mate, what's up with your mate? That's a cock.
0: I think you would only find out about the tiny man once you got into the bedroom, with in that case. I don't. I think the guy would... He'd look
1: like a normal... Then man. I don't want to go. Well, you don't know yet. You might no, be happy. No, you no. might like look, him. If you, if you ask me out dinner yeah. and say, look, mate, got, so it's a date, is it? Yeah. It's a date yeah. with a view for sex. Yeah. You'd expect that to be brought up. go, before...
0: Someone's just I'm having just saying, to... Look, look, you, sorry, look, I didn't mean if, to bring it up. I, if, that, is that, yeah. if that's your problem... I, I'm, you just, have that I'm just thinking it through, mate. <laughs> All right, you don't have
1: to leave yeah, on the date. If you were that guy, if I were... think if he puts it in a personal ad yeah. and says, "Look, j- just dinner," but I've got I've, I've got a mate, right? <laughs> and he's actually me cock, yeah. And he's where my cock would be, but it's actually a, a, a fully functioning, talking man. I, I'm an inquisitive person, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That's got that's piqued my interest. I'm intrigued by that. This is intriguing, as opposed. Uh, you, I think probably. The man with the man for a cock.
0: Yeah. It was, and I'll tell you why. On,
1: why? Go on. Because uh, I think the boat that's all cock would probably just be too impulsive. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a bit of a beast of instinct. Yeah. Not a lot of conversation there. That's true. Yeah. And if he gets too excited... <laughs> That's dinner can, ruined. That'll put. Just <laughs> say, you know. Well, or improve. I have restaurants I like to go back to. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I think if I go in there with the bloke that's all cock and things get to be exciting, he starts fucking shooting off everywhere. Yeah. And then it ends up like that scene from Monty Python where it's instead of vomit, it's just a yeah. great big all man cock come. Yeah. Going across the curtains. A lot. I, no sh- matter how good my relationship is with the restaurateur, yeah. it's going to be a good month. Yeah, from a lot of chefs don't even like it if you add salt to their meal. No, exactly. Excuse (laughs) me. (laughs) This is lacking in cum. (laughs) I like a zinky aftertaste. How the fuck does he know? And I
0: couldn't work out whether the tiny man yeah. would just replace the penis and there would still be testicles in,
1: in there. Oh, so underneath. That'd be, see, that would make it worse, yeah. wouldn't it? Uh, so for, the, for the there. guy?
0: Well, for the guy, because also. Balls stink. Well, they stink. And also, during the day, he's just in some pants with that <laughs> with some balls. And he's just. And I'm guessing the guy who's got him in there isn't going kind to of think, oh, I'll lay, I'll lay you out in a considerate fashion. You're just wrapped up there however you fall, aren't you? And sometimes she you just could be all bent around, there's a ball in your eye hole. It wouldn't be nice even if you even if you find a, you know, even if you could fit right down the side of the trouser leg, it's still not gonna be it's still not gonna be fun down. And the times you're not let free are gonna be I feel sorry for that guy. That's why I don't think I could date that guy. Because I feel sorry for the tiny guy.
1: Do you feel sorry for the tiny I'm guy? With that He's a delight. He's a party trick. He's the fucking a human being. He's the popcorn joke, for real. <laughs> yes. oh I know, but the one in your popcorn's eating me. No? Do right. <laughs> you know another joke? Oh! Tell them a joke. My, oh, my wife told me the joke. cutest paedophile joke. Right? <laughs> I know that sounds like a misnomer, but this is actually adorable. It is a little boy. He is, uh, begins with a little boy, always does, eh? uh, a little boy. He lives near a motorway services and he, find a, he finds a welder's helmet. I'll have to talk through some of the visuals of this for the podcast, obviously. He finds a welder's helmet. So he, uh, he pops on the welder's helmet. And he's playing around with it. Right? And a trucker drives by and he goes, hey, uh, where do you live? And he goes, oh, a couple of minutes up the road. And he goes, uh, do you want a lift? And the little boy goes, yeah, sure. So he's sitting in the car. And then the trucker like, goes, so, do you know what, uh, do you know what sodomy is? And the little boy goes, nah. And the drug goes, do you know what, do you know what buggery is? And the little boy goes, nah. And he goes, do you know what a paedophile is? And the little boy takes off the helm and goes, look, mate, I've got to be honest. I'm not a real welder. <laughs>
0: Out of all the pedophile jokes out of, yeah, all, the yeah, jokes. Out of all of the That is the most jokes. adorable pedophile friend, joke. It is, it's, it's really cute. And then the truck driver rapes
1: the boy. <laughs> no, no, the truck driver then is uh, seeing as he, he's been addressed in such an adult fashion. Yeah. Obviously, that turns him off okay. and just drops the kid home and he lives happily ever after. Oh. No rape in that. What if the truck driver has a tiny man for a penis? (laughs) (laughs) Well, then all bets are off.
0: (laughs) It would be very confusing. Right, well, look, um, we're going to have to... uh, You've done a joke. After an hour, you've done one joke, and that is... That's how I roll, ladies and That's, gentlemen. If we go and see you on tour in uh,
1: Curry House or where... It's in February, but yeah. uh, if you want to stay in touch, you can go to the brendanburnshow.com website and there's loads of content and there's a podcast out now.
0: Are you called, is your website called the brendanburnshow.com because of the Brendan Burns at New Zealand uh, politicians already taking that domain?
1: No. No, is, no, no. I, you, I think I'm the bane of his existence. Is it because the... Uh, Welsh fine artist has already taken that to me. <laughs> Here's how little my dad and brother, my dad, <laughs> God rest his soul, my dad and brother understand what I do for a living, right? They were, they were both back in Australia and they were asking me the Google game. And they said, uh, you know, oh, who do you, uh, you know, when you Google me, you know, my dad said, you get this, uh, you get this professor in Minnesota. And my brother goes, yeah, you Google me and you get this, uh, this moose hunter. In uh, in uh, uh, in Canada, they said, "Who do you get if you Google you, Brendan?" (laughs) I went, "Fucking me!" (laughs) And they went, "Ah, fuck off!" I went, "No, that I'm the number one Brendan (laughs) with an O." With an O, yeah. There's not a lot of competition. How? What number? are Are you are
0: you ever confused with the IRA bomber who blew himself up with his own bomb? He's He's A-N, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah. But that is still confusing if someone says... Oh, God, that is so telling. (laughs) 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 Don't worry, you're still the most famous, O-N.
1: That is so telling. (laughs) Oh, God, hey, take that, Stephen Fry. (laughs) I'm an ISIS. (laughs) Nearly topped myself once. And I a- started eight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the main Richard Herring. There are some other Richard Herrings, but I'm the main one. You're the main one? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right up there. Yeah. There's a Richard Herring who was... Fuck uh, him! Who was, in the, who was uh, murder, he murdered Bonnie Greer Ooh. in America.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow, you really have gone into it. Yeah. <laughs> what other Richard Herrings are there? Uh, there is... There aren't, there's a shoe
0: manufacturer called Richard Herring. Oh, yeah. a shoe shop owner uh, in Devon. There's a Herring shoes. How about Dick Herring? Do you know there's a Herring shoes that Charlie Borman advertises? <laughs> no I'm way. Absolutely serious. <laughs> that is why I thought I'm being. I am being. I actually believe I'm in the Truman Show. See? And I really yeah. believe I'm being fucked with because that is like, who should we get to advertise Herring shoes? Should we get Richard Herring? No. Let's go bloke who looks quite like him though. <laughs> so that'll make you look at go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even the go-to bloke with this face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to advertise shoes with my own name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the go-to bloke <laughs> <laughs> with this face. Please entitle this episode that. I'm not, oh my god! So I was in a, I was in Belgium uh, on Saturday, and there was the spit of Russell Crowe. There was a, a Dutch comedian. Uh, Dutch comedians and Belgian comedians are lovely when you arrive there. So welcoming because their audiences are horrible. So they are like, ah, hello, funny person. You will laugh when I make joke. And I don't know why I made him kind of Chinesey, But but this guy was the spit of Russell Crowe. I mean, there's clearly genetic information shared. Because he also had Russell Crowe's very, you know, signifiable, very recognisable dulcet tones, but in a pitch-perfect Dutch accent. And he's on stage, and he's killing, talking in Dutch... And I walked on and I went, how much is that guy like Russell Crowe? Like either he's not Russell Crowe or Russell Crowe's just really good. (laughs) They gave me the same response. <laughs> I think it was a better joke. I think it was a better joke. That lift, should, lift you it should have ended
0: on the uh, paedophile joke. That was the, that, that worked. That got a good. That was someone else's. Was someone else's joke. You should just do other people's jokes. That's that's the lesson we've learned here today. <laughs> <laughs> just get your wife to tell you some jokes she's heard in the pub, <laughs> and then go on stage
1: and tell them. Forget all this. I'll tell you. Du- funny wants, Have I ever said this on the podcast? <laughs> oh, you're trying to wrap it up. I am, but go on, do it <laughs> I am, but I knew it'd be difficult. I'm sorry. It's all right. Yeah? You want to hear this? Yeah, come on. Okay, so as you know, I'm partial hearing. Right? Yeah. I have a hearing aid. Turns out I've been deaf for years. No one in my industry was surprised. But the straw that broke the camel's back was my wife and I are at the UFC. And uh, it's, it's, it's one of the most anticipated fights in mixed martial arts history. right? And it's just, to, to put in perspective how anticipated it was, 9,000 people turned up to the weigh-in. And it's just American fans and Brazilian fans. And it's just this deafening, gladiatorial fervour. And during the weigh-in, Anderson Silva, shoulder, char- shoulder barge, Charles Sonnen in the chin. No one expected it. And the place is just... Ah! 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 <laughs> and the commentator goes to interview one of them. And my wife goes, oh, don't start screaming while he's interviewing him. I can't make any of this out. And this is before my hearing aid. And I'm looking at the monitor. Clearly, and, I, and I went, he said, Charles doesn't respect the UFC, he doesn't respect MMA, and tomorrow I fight. And then my wife and I, were like, holy shit! I can't hear you or my son if you're in the next room because it's so pitch affected. How the fuck did I make that out? And my wife, who is a comic genius, went, "That's because you're the only man in this building who has trained his hearing to negotiate the sound of one man laughing in a room full of people booing." <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and
0: gentlemen, Brendan Burns, wife. have been listening to Richard Herring's Swebner uh, Putner with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Brendan Burns. Not that one. Uh, it's the music was by Pest, thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide, all the staff at the Leicester Square Theatre, and Chris Evans. He's not even here. Not that one. And all of his team from the Go Faster Stripe Productions. It was produced by Ben Walker. It's a Fuzz, Go Faster Stripe, and Sky Potato production, and a Slytherin production as well. Slytherin, help out with it as well. We are evil. I hate Harry Potter. How you enjoyed that show. If you did and you would like to help us make more, as I say, just go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges. Make a donation as small or as massive if you want. If you give a £100,000, we can make a series of As It Occurs To Me video straight away. That's what we're aiming towards. Uh, but otherwise, we will get there by hook or by crook, bit by bit. If you like this stuff and want more... Then just give a tiny amount of money. There's 150,000 people listening to this. If you all gave a pound a year, we would be laughing. And not because we'd be keeping the money either. We'd be spending it on the internet. That's the kind of crazy dudes we are. Thanks. Bye.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50